Oh, Happy New Year. As a little treat to help bring in 2023, we're releasing this, our The Love Guru episode of Cinema Swirl for everyone on this, the Cinema Swirl main feed. This was our 38th episode of Cinema Swirl back from March 2022, but as a reminder, there are now 48 episodes and counting of Cinema Swirl available exclusively for $5 backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. You can head there to find out more or sign up, but for now, what better way to bring in 2023 than to listen to myself and Kevin have to review Mike Myers's The Love Guru. Happy New Year! Cinema Swell! I hate episode number 38. Coming to you from the <laughs> podcast about bad movies on Patreon that Kevin, hello me, and Sam, we're doing the Razzies special because we thought we needed to theme the vote. And that was that was priority number one. I yeah. said I was my dying words to you were <laughs> theme the dying theme the theme the vote, Sam. Yeah, theme the vote. It, it, it wasn't a very good sign that when we decided to do a Razzies vote, that most of the fun ones that were we actual all-time Razzie winners, you know, fun ones like Jack and Jill and stuff, and Battlefield Earth, romps, they had already firmly been established as has been done, I think, in year one of this podcast. Yes. So, um, oh boy, Ooh. I'd forgotten that this was even a thing. I mean, I almost forgot that this was a thing so much that I forgot that Mike Myers even existed. I never thought in a million years that a ghoulish fictional murderer from the 70s and 80s, 90s, <laughs> would take up so much more mental real estate as an adult than when I was a child watching Wayne's World's and goal member i was thinking this guy i'm gonna be watching him for years to come it's mike myers first go over here now yeah and i watched the austin powers films as a kid and i enjoyed them but like you know growing up in nottingham that was you know a typically <laughs> you know shagadelic upbringing that you had yeah i was devastated to find sorry this is a real tangent devastated to find out that there's going to be another hooters in the uk and nottingham's not the I only know, one i'd say you've lost the exclusivity oh. and you know what <laughs> happens all the time because i do wrestling podcasts and things are said in the past and it's like the, the, the future changes the past and oh what can you do but i never thought we'd have to be going back and retconning the robin hood episodes <laughs> all that chatter idle chatter about furniture retail outlets and hooters exclusivity alleged exclusivity all gone now yeah so i mean nottingham was a totally shagadelic place uh, and still is so really it was just seeing my own life reflected on screen <laughs> <laughs> or my <laughs> but this right okay here's some things i think this episode is going to be a tricky one because this film the love guru starring mike myers is tricky to talk about because it's there's no, there's not much to it. It really was like this washed over me. I felt yeah. like a fucking lighthouse or something when this movie was on. Just sit there looking around and fucking all this vaguely offensive materials splashing yeah. up against me. And you know I'm not porous, folks. That was no give on that rock. You know I just like. It says a lot about a movie where the main character is Mike Myers doing 
like an accent that's too lazy to actually enter into the realms of being offensive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it says a lot that it's like, it doesn't even, it's like, it's Mike Myers playing dress up and doing like a voice that even in 2008, even the Simpsons were like, shut up out of poo. Mm, so yeah. Let's keep, it low, let's keep it low key. All right. We can ride this off for another 12 years before we have to enter into a culture skirmish over it. <laughs> But Jesus Christ, it is a dissolved upon contact with air, this movie, it felt like. Yes, and I didn't want to just skip straight into that. I was mentioning that to come back around to the fact that I'm now worried, having watched this, that Mike Myers has never been good. And that what I enjoyed as a kid wasn't good, and if I watched it again, I'd be in real trouble. I'm scared Mm. now. When's the last time you saw Austin Powers? Because I, I watched it, me and Joe watched it, like, at the start of the pandemic, but for some reason we turned to Austin Powers quite early on, like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to remember the good old days when you could go outside. Good old days. I can't have been older than like 14, 15 or something the last time I watched Austin Powers. So Okay, well, it's been a while. It's been a while and I'm scared to, to dip back in. As you mentioned, there's an Indian accent in this that Mike Myers is doing for the whole film, right? And I wonder if... Because he co-wrote this. I mean, calling it an Indian accent is a bit of a, a stretch, not to take mm. away its potent offensive capabilities. Yes. But it is as much an Indian accent as Shrek is a legitimate Scottish accent in yeah. that sense. It is kind of Mike Myers doing his own silly little voice, he thinks, and doesn't really make it any less awkward, if I'm honest. Well, I wonder how the idea for this film came about, because I, I sort of think what happened was Mike Myers was saying, oh, can I do an Indian accent? No, not really, but let's write a film around that anyway, and we'll see what happens. I mean, it's... It's loose, this film. It's loose. I'll, t- I'll tell oh. you what, what they really wanted to make here, and they kind of showed their hand a few times in this, seeing as for a movie that's only around 80 or so minutes long, and I will say, tip of the cap to the love guru for being the uh, briefest movie we've watched in some time on this. It feels like in, deep in his heart that Mike Myers had one movie that he wanted to make and come out yeah. of you know, underneath the shadow of the juggernaut that was the Austin Powers franchise. And I think he really wanted to make a hockey movie because right. he's a proud Canadian yes. and he's no shortage of love about hockey. He used to do skits on SNL even back in his olden days in Canada about you know, hockey and hockey fans. And, yep. and for an 80-some-odd-minute movie, this is around, I'd say, 55 or so percent of it takes place like in a hockey rink. Yeah. Like, it is mostly like hockey action replay shot. There's a lot of hockey here. So maybe that's why it was lost on me, this movie, that I didn't really care about hockey as much as Mike Myers wanted me to. But I like ice hockey, and I, I think if Mike... Oh, you do! I do! You do now, I don't do. you? I do, like, I, I'm a big fan of the Nottingham Panthers. Sorry to any Sheffield Steelers fans. <laughs> well, the Steelers are going to be coming for blood after Sorry, that. Guys. Like, yeah. you, you hear that? Did your dad kind of, like, walk by when you were watching this going, like, ah, you know, <laughs> by the Myers bug, I see. Well, the classics, <laughs> you know? I think if if Mike Myers truly loved hockey, he wouldn't do this to hockey, you know? This <laughs> he is, wouldn't attach it to this. It's cruel. Like, like, if you were to give me, like, the elevator pitch for what this movie is, because I feel like... All of Mike Myers' comedy creations, it can be summed up quite easily. Like, you know, Wayne's World, two guys who are kind of like airheaded rock and roll fanatics yeah. who just will do anything to kind of party on and, and have a good time. And they're kind of, they're dumb and they're naive. And 
They're gonna have an adventure. Yeah. Okay, easy. Austin Powers. It's a throwback to what Americans think the people in the UK thought they were like in the 60s. Yes. Viewed through it in another American's lens in the 90s. And it's all full of catchphrases and a good time. Elevator pitch me the love guru. Either the character or the movie. I think the movie is sort of easier to elevator pitch. Okay. I'm gonna genuinely try and do this. Okay, okay. A self-help love guru born in America but raised in India has to restore a hockey player's marriage so that that hockey player can win the Stanley Cup and therefore the love guru can get on Oprah and be more famous than Deepak Chopra. Who is a real guru, it, it who seems. Who is a is real it? person. Okay. I don't know who he is, though. No disrespect meant at all. Sorry, at 2008, I had more important things on my hands, okay? You know? I believe Skate Getting the latest come games out. on <laughs> Xbox 360 Live Arcade. Yeah. Skate had come out, Skate 2 was on the horizon, so I didn't have time to be surveying the cultural landscape. I didn't know what my Wii points balance was, so no. I had to check. So, you know, we didn't... We didn't okay, so you give me an elevator pitch for the movie. Yeah. I, the big high-powered Hollywood executive in an elevator, which may or may not become a simile used later on for an intro cinema swirl horse will, because you can have a good time or a bad time in an elevator. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, Sam, this is Hollywood hogwash. Yeah. Get back to your desk, young man, because why would I laugh at a love guru? What kind of a ah. character is this? <laughs> right. So he, this love guru, I tell you, he does, he does jokes. But the jokes are not, strictly speaking, jokes. They're just f phrases that you may have heard in the past, some of which have references to willies and the occasional rude word or a little bit of wordplay. But he's he's very knowing, isn't he? There's something that... It was only towards like the latter part of the movie I, it really clocked with me. Yeah. But it was throughout, which is... He's the only Mike Myers character I can think of who spends most of the movie laughing. Like, he's always going... <laughs> Yes, I suppose, yeah, he does, he like, does he, laugh he at the jokes. He tells all his jokes and then he has a big L laugh. Yeah. It's, like, it's an odd choice because he's quite self-aware. He's not a total goof or like so out of sorts. Like he's not a fish out of water. He's not like Austin Powers. No. Like, Austin Powers, I did, you know, rewatch recently enough and I do remember being shocked at how like straight up mean Austin Powers is. Like he just says like horrible mean shit and like yeah. he keeps trying to grope everyone all the time and it's shagadelic baby. Yeah. Whereas this lad here, he's not quite cruel, but he's a little bit kind of all put together. You know, he's not much of a comedic figure because he's powerful, he's successful. Yeah, he's doing well. He's doing well. He's considered a genius. Everyone who meets him thinks he's fucking the cat's pajamas. There is no, like, love guru. What? Everyone's like, oh, the love guru. Awesome. That's good. He's one of the best. It's, it's kind of, it's an odd position for the central comedic piece. The clown being, like, the CEO of Clown Inc., which is floating on the stock exchange <laughs> this year, is not as funny as, like, yeah. you know, a misanthropic himbo-type character that I would have thought... Mike Myers would be throwing at me. The stakes are so low that it is literally, he is, he's very, very successful. He is the second best at what he does compared to real life person Deepak Chopra. He just wants to go from being second best in the world to best in the world, which is not, it's not an endearing position though. It's, it's not, not, it's, it's, no. it's not much of an arc. Like there's not much of an angle yeah. to that arc, but it is still an arc of yeah. sorts. You can see the shape you know? of it. Yeah. Do you want to know the best thing that came out of this movie? I'm 
I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump the gun or anything here. No, please. Jump over as many guns as you want, because this was tough. I am, as very often happens at this point in Cinema Swill episodes, very self-conscious about, like, how little I have to say. Oh, I'm scared I've got nothing. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote down for comedic purposes in the yeah. title of my notes, I wrote down, instead of Love Guru, I dropped that first year and I wrote down, Love Guru, I can't wait, I've seen <laughs> Despicable Me once, and I love, love the Gru. titular Gru. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. And here's the thing, I don't, I'm actually only like 50% sure I did actually see Despicable Me, but mm. even just the thought of Gru and the extended Gruniverse, that alone brought more joy then this whole yeah. g- whole production, baby. And that's a funnier joke than anything in this. i got to say, that goof there that you did in your notes is funnier than every joke in The Love Guru. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, brackets, grew, because <laughs> yeah. I live in a post-Gruniverse group. After the movies come out, yeah. Mike Myers didn't know back then. No, How would he have sure. known? Oh, I tell you what, I bet he really thought he would have gotten the voice of Gru, though. Steve who? Huh? <laughs> Hey, hey! But he's got the one with the funny nose. I, but I meant to be the one with the funny nose. Does the voice of the funny nose character? What? Fine. This is probably what did it for him. What lost him? You know, all that that sweet voiceover work. Yeah, it was when he showed up at their headquarters and he's all drunk and naked, smashing things. Going, I put the dream in DreamWorks. (laughs) (laughs) They had to, you know, disassociate after that. You know, his character is called the Guru Pitka, and the first joke is a little. I'm not going to go through every joke. Don't worry. Oh, this was very much like, well, there's this thing called Family Guy now, Mike, and the kids like these type of random lol type humor. So it was uh, an odd way to start the movie. With the voice of Morgan Freeman. But it's not. It's a machine. He's got a special voice recorder that plays the voice of Morgan Freeman where he narrates. Yeah. Which is kind of like the most like, um, there's parts of this movie that feel like they want to be like, you know, that airplane time, that Zucker Bros humor. Yeah, fast. The visual gags. The very big, silly type of, you know, almost slightly surreal humor. But we do kind of pivot away from that into straight up dick and fart, like, you know, hardcore style. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, you might as well call this podcast Toilet Time with Dick and Fart, Sam and I like those things so much. Yeah. But it was still a little bit rich for my blood, you know? Yes, I agree. Also, quick question to you, gut instinct, which one of us is dick, which one's fart, please? I'd say I'm probably dick in your yeah. fart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's the case as well. I'm I not just proud think of it. so, you know? <laughs> but if one of us was to come onto stage and put his hands out and then a fart play, I feel like you would yeah. probably fit that more. Yeah. Whereas if the phrase dick was played, it might suit me yeah. a little bit more as well. And the voice is a Rubik's Cube of offence. Like, I did really try hard to, to like, figure out why I should be offended. Like, I really did. And I almost got a side of liberal outrage, but I didn't yeah. really know what I was doing with myself here. Like, the voice is... He's got less commitment to it than mm. Paris Hilton does to her voice. Like, because, you know, Paris Hilton will be like, oh, my God, I'm going to take my, my mom and my sister and then it'd be like, no, but can you pick that thing up for me from the shop? You know, she'll dr- it'll, the mask slips in Cooking with Paris season one. Right. And it happens here kind of 
Except, you know, this is a fictional character. And, like, if he does a lot more than a sentence or two, he's like, oh, okay, like, I can't do the voice. And he just kind of goes into, like, silly Mike Myers' voice instead. He, there's no rhyme nor reason to it. No. He is, like, so vague and so low energy and so low effort. Oh, boy. I don't want to be offended or not offended on behalf of anyone, but it's fucking all over the place, this voice. Look, I appreciate that they had the meetings and he didn't brown up in the end, which was obviously... <laughs> there's your Telling me there's not a draft with that in there? Come on. Oh, 100%. Someone said, no, you, look, you can do the accent, mate, but seriously, reconsider this bit. And I'm glad he did. And then they're coming back going, look, they're saying heavy bronzer, but no voice. Is that a negotiation position you'd be happy with, Mike? Or do you just want to go full white and do you know, kind of a vaguely hurtful yeah. voice. Yeah, okay, that's all right then. This is a movie from 2008 yeah. involving what is meant to be a Hollywood heavyweight, A-lister comedian in, in Mr. Myers here. So basically every small role is filled out with a who's who of the modern day kind of powerhouses of comedy. Yeah. So you've got like, honestly, it's one of the better things about the movie, the fact that you got Jim Gaffigan and Stephen Colbert, etc. You know, not an endorsement of any one particular person as a comedian, but it's nice to see familiar faces i guess you're right that's one of the nice things about this is oh that person's in it it doesn't really go beyond that you know stephen colbert yeah. and jim gaffigan here they're both putting in a shift and doing their job oh yeah they're doing what the best they can with what they've got though <laughs> but they've not I mean, got like, anything know, to do it's yeah, that's, yeah like they're both given it the kind of i'm in a comedy movie so i'm going to do the comedy movie line reading and that's all well and good. And I honestly yeah. feel that Stephen Colbert, it's one of the reasons why I admire him as a comic, is that yeah. I feel he's just got one of those faces that if you saw a still image of, you go, oh, he could be like, you know, just a regular leading man face in Hollywood. And then you see him move for half a second and you're like, oh, okay, no, this is a comedic mastermind we got going on here. Yeah. So he's got a lot of funny facials here. Yeah. Well, like, his first real joke is a little gag about, like, oh, he's just come back from rehab. And he's like, I want to go, I've apologized to my family and to my God and to my, and to all my fans. And it's kind of, okay, he's back in this kind of very clean cut seeing announcer is a little bit on shaky ground. Okay, there's a gag. And then he just goes, I'm not allowed to apologize to Judy Dench, who I severely beat. And it shows a picture of Judy Dench, like, covered we'll in all like, bloody bandages. And they're like, ha, you, you really did a number on her there when you beat her up and you gave her all the broken bones. And they're like, yeah, maybe the staples will come out soon. And, like, it's just, it does show you how far we've come in 14 years in that yes. I think that the plight of beating someone is not the immediate go-to for the first softball pitch of the comedy movie. No. <laughs> You can get lost in this film trying to search for any kind of depth to the jokes other than a kind of, I don't know, improv troupe or fucking Cards Against Humanity school of, I just need a thing and a thing, put those together. Yeah. It's sort yeah. of humour. There you go. I'd be up. Oh, let me draw a card. Judy Dench. Ugh. And it's like, but... And as, and as Stephen's walking back down to his chair, he's turning to the other people going, like, oh, it was a little bit, um, you know, I wouldn't have normally, if it was just the improv, you know, I didn't want to... That you guys had a good flow, and I, I think I let you down now. I'm really sorry. You know, there's there's a lot of that, and there's like there's like very quick fire bits as well, where they introduce these sportscasters, this, yeah. the character of Darren Ro Ronauk, Ronak, 
Roanoke. Yeah. He's the the sports star, the hockey player whose personal life has went off the rails. And they go, and he's like the Tiger Woods of hockey, folks. Yeah. And then it just cuts to a nondescript urban environment with like spray paint and all that. And there's a load of like black people playing hockey. And it just kind of, the camera stays there for a second as if to say, isn't that funny? These black people have decided to play hockey. And like, what? Is that? Yeah. yeah. I'm lost to see here. Like, I didn't even know that that was a thing that was like, this whole new forms of racism that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> hockey as well? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Great. It's 2008. Um, Fill your boots with offense, I guess. Like. So he's our character who's in need of a love guru because his wife, he's been cheating on his wife and his wife has left and his wife is now with the goalie of the big rival team played by Justin Timberlake. Who is literally doing a bit on a stag do weekend. It's like, oh, Justin, he's staying in character all weekend. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. Not even once, not even when Nando's uh, splitting the bill, he, w- he wouldn't break character commitment. Now, this character has a big willy, big, yeah, big penis. Does. And his name is French-Canadian or French, I think. His name is Jacques Lecoq Grande. So that's... And he's got a French accent and a moustache. And he's got a big willy. And it's 2008, so Justin is giving it just as about as serious a go as you would expect him to. Yes. You know what? He... He does what he needs to do, and he's serving a decent performance as a comedy actor here, I guess, for what he's got to do. It's big. It's big. He plays it big. It's effervescent. Yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we were 10 minutes into this movie, and I was already fucking sick of the sitar. I was just like, I get it. Like, you think it's an easy gag. Yeah. Right? And you know what? I don't think it's the most clever thing in the world to play a pop song and do it in a different style, your different instruments, and present it as being something very clever. Like yeah. Westworld, with the 19th time where it's like, what's that? Oh, it's Black Hole Sun from Soundgarden. But it's Plinky Plunky. But I would have had that for GCB 200 years after. <laughs> God almighty, they'd be, what did they make of Soundgarden in Deadwood if they heard that? <laughs> I didn't think I swear to have a thing or two to say about that. And again, that's not that clever or intelligent. No. We're presenting it as comedy. And then, like, there's bits where you get motifs of songs played in sitar. Yeah. And there are three, three-minute musical interludes where we get entire pop songs yes no new lyrics or no, anything just no. whole hog just done on the sitar yeah jesus oh good lord mary and joseph i genuinely think having watched the whole of this film that that was padding it out so that it was had a feature length runtime we barely genuinely. got to the 83 in the end we would have yeah. been like 60 minutes it would have been a hbo special otherwise this they've not even weird out the lyrics and made it relevant to the plot no. it's literally just here's nine to five by dolly parton but playing it on a sitar and Mike's going to do his accent. And you know what it was? I bet they had clever, offensive lyrics that they were going to do. And again, it was the negotiation point. Now, they won't let you do both. They won't let right. you do both. You have to pick one. <laughs> you do the offensive lyrics with the original instrumentation. Or you exactly. can do the original lyrics with the offensive instrumentation. But Mike, you'll have to get Dolly's blessing to change it into the slurs that you want <laughs> to make it rhyme. 
So oh. that's a little, that's a, that's a Saturday at the office at the very least. You know what I love about this is that it's 2008. So there's like, oh no, let's not go like full hog offensive. Let's just go a little, like we'll do one really offensive thing for like the whole movie as opposed to lots of little ones. Yeah. And that'll be okay because it's 2008. And I'm pretty sure this liberal outrage will go away. And then back in a couple of years, we'll get back to being really offensive yeah. again. Because yeah. you know, the way the history comes back around like that. <laughs> Just want to establish Vern Troyer, sadly no longer with us, is in this playing the manager of a hockey team. He's the coach of the the hockey team. And yeah. Jessica Alba stars as like one of the, the oh she's the, the, the exec yeah she's the executive yes and she wants the guru to help out the hockey star yes now i wanted to establish a laugh counter in this film i was nine to five god how many laughs for you then zero what uh, when he got into the third course though mate come <laughs> the full, on the full fucking the full song. like uh, not even i don't even dolly Parton probably doesn't even know that many fucking lyrics no. of nine to five get out of here like. i didn't think there were verses in that song but apparently there are um <laughs> Also as well, the odd sound of that accent and midlife crisis Mike Myers genuinely trying to show, oh, no, I can sing as well. I bet you didn't think I could sing. Ah, yeah, I'm a 5 tool player, me. Right, I think there were two little smirks from me in this, but there were no laughs. It was the big egg from a bum. Was that one that got a smirk from you? No. The, <laughs> the ostrich shit on it, wasn't there? But I mentioned this laugh counter because there is a joke here that I think is the wildest, weirdest least i i can't see how right john oliver is in this the comedian john oliver i think we both like john oliver yeah fan of john oliver big fan of john oliver he's here playing the guru's manager whose name is richard pants someone says oh your manager richard pants is here and mike meyer says oh dick pants send him in and that's that's it and it there's i don't unless i've gone mad that's only funny because it's got the word dick and the word pants. It seems like more fertile ground than a lot of the other things that they go to. Like, dick pants is funny. And actually, there was only two moments in this movie where I got the smirks. And one was I didn't hear him say that because it is honestly quite hard to make out what Myers is saying sometimes yeah. because he does kind of go into this like profoundly offensive gibberish yes. half the time, it feels like. I had to rent this like an idiot. I and, did as well. Uh, yeah, and I was looking on the X-Ray and I saw John Oliver listed because I remember he had mentioned in an episode of Last Week Tonight, oh, I'm in this movie, like, don't take my word for it, whatever. So I was scrolling through and I saw him listed yeah. as Dick Pants. Dick and I was Pants. like, Dick Pants, that's really funny. And I was expecting there to be, like, you know, him going, I am not Dick Pants. And he didn't do anything like that. I, he was, he, honestly, John Oliver, who's... Easy gimmick is man who can be angry British man. And mm. he hasn't got a single gag in the whole movie other no. than his name being funny. And he no-sells it. It's not like, I'm Richard Pat. No, he's like, yeah, that's me. I'm Dick Pants. And yeah. I'm running this very successful business with you because I'm a shrewd businessman. It's doing particularly well but my shrewdness is not such that there's any sort of tension between you no. and i despite the fact that i'm corporate england america and you are a neo-eastern liberal guru is what they refer to him as i think oh another titter on the x-ray page was tom cruise and katie holmes literally being listed as starring in the movie because of a shitty photoshop that they do yeah with the love guru being with all the fixing all these relationships the relationships that have since all split, I think, when they ran through the uh, 
It's 2008. What are we going to do about Scientology? we got to sort it out, guys. Look, I, I don't want to keep bringing it around to dick pants, but it, it has blown my mind. If you were going to do the whole Richard, the shortened version of Richard is dick thing, you would do something else with the surname other than just pants. Like, you know, you know, the, the, the lad on dick TikTok. Dick Trousers is a, is, That's is a funny name, right? Yeah, because yeah. we've workshopped it for two seconds there and we've come up with something better. <laughs> you know, the little lad on TikTok who likes trains, the yeah. fella who likes the trains, he saw that train that was called Dick Mabutt. So, the, uh, you know, ri- oh, Richard Mabutt is here. Oh, Dick Mabutt. At least that's got something, you know. It, you turn it, into a verb then. You go and you're having fun with this. It's a sentence. When I was a kid, there was a there was a guy in my class, and this is behind the paywall, so I'm going to say his full name. There's a guy in my class called Richard Noble, right? And on his exercise book, if, he is, if he'd written his name, you could cross out some of the letters or rub them out and make it say hard knob. And that is that's for fuck's sake, sir. That's more than an alteration. That's but, fucking. That, you, <laughs> but you went into defacing territory. Then you changed <laughs> without writing any new letters. You could make that happen. And we were children, and that it shows more creativity than dick pants. Good lord! You know, you know what I love as well. <laughs> Is that the primary goal? Like, forget about John Oliver and his talents for a second. Yes. But the primary goal of the stuffy character whose name is Dick Pants. Yeah. His primary aim here, he is the exposition dump. He yeah. comes in and he's like, as we all know, you're the number two guru. As we all know, it's your lifelong ambition to get on Oprah. Because yeah. as we all, and like, he's there for, I timed it, he was four minutes setting the table and the kids' table as well. And that's what Dick Pants brought to the table. <laughs> all right. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely thinking that you and I have just looked into it too much, like, ah, dick pants, ha, ha, ha. Like, it wasn't actually meant to be a joke, and, like, it kind of flew over their heads somehow. Because <laughs> I refuse to believe you can arrive at dick pants and then go, all right, that's it, last stop, everyone out. Make sure you check under the seats. Clocking yeah. off for the day, we're done here. Dick pants. Yeah, off, off we oh. go. One for the smirk counter. There is a flashback now. Oh, this was not a smirk. This was mouth fucking agape. Well, hideous. We flashback to young Love Guru and young Deepak Chopra going up to Ben Kingsley playing a guru, which we'll get into in a minute. But the the smirk. There's a lot to unpack here. The smirk came from the fact that they're little kids, and then you you can see the back of their head, and then you turn around, and the young Mike Myers character is just Mike Myers' face, badly sort of Snapchat filter style superimposed. Oh, it's so bad. That's that's a good goof. I think that's funny. But it was it was done like not well enough, but like high effort enough that it like almost wasn't a joke. Like it did like it was just disturbing to watch. Like <laughs> genuinely, it looked like fucking like they've done that CGI AI Mandalorian season two Luke yeah. Skywalker, but on a really weird fucking head like Graham Linehan or something like that. It just like this <laughs> fucking misshapen orb hovering around an axis that's been determined by some plotting fucking yeah. software. It's a real fine line tightrope walk for the amount of effort you need to put in for that joke. And I think they, yeah, you're right. Maybe they strayed too far into actually making it sort of look like it was supposed to be good. It was like, you know, the latest Alan Partridge where he does his flashback, you know, <laughs> to when he's a boy. Like. But it's just like, he's playing this little boy 
And the little boy, it's been revealed his parents were missionaries and they died. So he lives here in India now yeah. with Ben Kingsley, who honestly, like every time there's a guru, there's like a joke where it's like, it's like guru stroke my little Mickey or whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. Like, you know, it's, it's like every single one of them, like, you know, guru yeah. pull my plonker, Rodney. You know, it's, it's real fucking like cringy old shite and by the way I don't seem to find Urdu as like a hilarious concept as Mike Myers no. as well because I'll tell you what Ben Kinsley here Jesus fucking Christ almighty look it's <laughs> it's a complicated one Ben Kingsley's character here but his dad is his dad is Indian as far as I know yeah um, Ben Kingsley so he's of you know of Indian descent or whatever but like so it's all right kind to of, play yeah, it's a good besides the point because he's like, I'm a big fucking stupid guru. Duh. My eyes look together. Duh. My yeah. name's Guru Big Smelly Fucking Dog Shit. It's so fucking crap. He's literally drooling. And you know what's really crap? Joe the intern pointed out Kainsley, the Oscar winner, couldn't even cross his eyes for real. He's got He's literal got... CG eyes. <laughs> I spoke my CGI, these CGIs. Pathetic. <laughs> Pathetic. And it's so that there can be a joke, a one-off joke, I think, about don't have a wank, mate, you'll go cross-eyed. Because a little boy, Love Guru, has to wear a chastity belt now yeah. until he learns the meaning of self-love, at which point it can be removed. And there's a kind of ongoing joke from the basis of this is that he is very horny and randy. I think that is meant to be an explainer for most of his behavior. Yeah. And it's not like, it's never at any point, by the way, is it, you know, asking questions about like gurus, like what do they do? Like, or, you know, wow, these guys are big in America. Is that, and like, there is actually plenty, I've watched plenty of documentaries about, you know, gurus and things yeah. like that. And, you know, the good and bad side and historical cases of it and whatnot. But this movie, movie is kind of it wears its vagary very very proud mm. it just about says that they're from india but they never say hinduism or no. never actually get into anything that could be perceived as an actual religion or an actual movement or anything like that which might be for the best i guess probably <laughs> is yeah. yeah probably so that's a little flashback into the past meanwhile in the future our main character who is successful as fuck we have to stress yeah. here like no one thinks he's an idiot everyone thinks oh, he's no great way. what kind of a crazy scrape is he going to get into oh what's that he's going to host one of his incredibly successful talks with a loving audience of interested millionaires. And uh, Sam, I don't mean to say, he fucking nails it, yeah. He fucking smashed yeah. it. He knocked it out of the park. 10 out of 10. And he cut over to John Oliver, the, uh, the English man. And he's like, very good. You did a, an egg. That was an excellent presentation. Ah, <laughs> mate, did you see when he fucking stuck the landing? Oh, my God. Oh my god. The funny days. bits here though, the funny bits here are the content of the talk, which is just a series of acronyms and little phrases and sayings that we sort of recognise. Everything he says basically in his guru setting, he'll always have an acronym. And the joke is is that he'll later just be saying random words yeah. and behind him. And again, that was more that kind of, you know, that older style of humor that we saw in Airplane, the kind of the visual gags. And I thought yeah. maybe we could do something with it, but no, nah, it was just like him giving like the joke is he's got really good advice. And it's not like like the advice that he has is like, oh, he's saying all these crazy things. Like I thought it would be, oh, he's so like like Randy and you know mm. he wants to shift so bad because he's got his chastity belt on 
that he's going to just say all this like randy stuff and people are going to take it as being this great enlightened spiritual wisdom because he comes from a, a different culture or whatever yeah. it is but the main gist of the jokes is that sometimes the acronyms are funny like one of the acronyms spells out bible you're like bible this is hardly a christian setting is it <laughs> dear and the other one was uh e-i-e-i-o <laughs> I mean, now thinking about it, these are quite funny that it would say that. And then some are like cock and balls or dick, dick ass or, you know, fellatio. You know, it's just. Did you like your celebrity cameos, Sam? Did oh, you like my the ones God. that you got? Right. As well as the jokes having no additional twists or extra interesting approach to them, the celebrity cameos are just who could we get on the fucking roller decks of Mike Myers knows these people? Like Jessica Simpson's here. 2008, Jessica Simpson? Are you kidding me? That like I couldn't think of a more of a What are we gonna do with Jessica Simpson? Are we gonna make a joke about, you know, her not knowing that tuna and chicken are different animals? Yeah, that could be a good way to go. No, or are we gonna talk about the unsuccessful Dukes of Hazard remake? Could no, we're done. not. We're just there she is. Then Val Kilmer comes. Val Kilmer, how are you doing? I'm actually doing quite well and I just wanna thank you for a very good talk that I enjoyed. That's all right, Val. I'll see you next time. That's it. That's him and then done now there, Val. Is this some sort of tax thing? Like, does, does, that, make, <laughs> does that make some difference to their, <laughs> their tax return at the end of the year? I don't know. Also, right, Mike Myers does this kind of greeting to people when he meets them. And he says, Mariska Hargitay, who yeah. t- turns out is a person. Again, I don't know who she is, but she's in this. Oh, Sam, you didn't recognise her? Who is she's she? She's only... One of the lead actors from Law and Order SUV. Right. Which was why he then turned to a model that had the Law and Order SUSVU SUV SVU <laughs> SVU and S and he presses a button and it does the Law and Order dun dun, dun, dun. noise. Right. And like here, no one loves a reference more than me, but Jesus Mary and Joseph, like you know what would be really great if we got 2008's hottest spin-off of Law and Order and we weave that in to a joke with one of the supporting characters? Now, Fuck me. That bit there of you getting the letters slightly jumbled and saying SUV, if he'd have said, you know, oh, you know, Mariska, I, I love your SUVs. That's Summit. That's at least Summit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know? Just, just play, playing with them uh, words. I think um, maybe my problem here is that from a comedy perspective, he's it's quite difficult with the love guru because he is successful and, you know, no one thinks he's a fool or there's anything wrong with anything he says yeah he's never in a foolish situation no and like i i wonder like and this has happened many many times with comedians in their later years mm. you know where they're at the helm of a movie and or at the helm of a series or whatever and they can't seem to understand that you know here fucking chevy chase i don't want to see you be like interesting and everyone think you're fucking cool i want to like <laughs> kiss you or whatever i want you to see you slip on a banana peel and fall down some stairs you old prick that's what i want to see you know that's where the humor is punching down the stairs where he is falling well speaking of which there was one sequence here where it's just some you know little person jokes about Vern troyer yeah skip I mean, that over was, that fine whatever like he had already done so many movies with Vern at this yeah. point i thought okay like they're making him a different character and like you know because he's meant to be the coach and i thought oh, we're gonna get some gags with this it's like no it's he just pretty 
like, same stuff. It's less nuanced than Mini Me, like, and that's that's saying <laughs> something, you know, because Mini Me is basically less a character and more of an excuse to make short jokes in those movies. And this is is odd to present him as being like he's the coach of the team, and you better not get on his bad side. Oh, what's this matter if you get on his bad side because you're the love guru and you'll just make short jokes and people will think you're hot and interesting. Is <laughs> is this film right? Is this film a clever satire of these types of films? Is it, is no. it, actually, is it actually interesting or is it just... No! <laughs> what is it satirising? No. I thought it might be making fun of itself by being deliberately having no no, no substance to it. Honestly, I don't think people have parodied this type of a thing. This, like, kind of... like Because Ricky Gervais does this kind of shite as well, where it's like, by making yourself be this kind of greatly troubled fucking hero, and that's meant to be the fucking source of all joy and all that. It's like, it's one thing for foolish characters to give you a moment to be like, oh, they're a real person if you want to go that way or whatever. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, a clown's meant to be a fucking clown. Like, Jesus fucking Ooh. Christ. We as the audience are meant to see him as a fool but it's weird that no not a single character around thinks anything negative about the love guru at all and it is odd to see jessica alba be like like when she sees him she's literally like fuck me like she's like she wants to do it right there on the yeah. jet like she's she and she's like basically look, look i find you very attractive i was writing down as a joke what's her deal is the gimmick is that she thinks he's really great and hot she likes him she's literally like i have the biggest crush on you and there's a running joke as well where he always is like well maybe Maybe you've heard about this as written in my book and he'll yeah. lift up a book about the very specific thing she's talking about. Yeah. And every time he does that, she goes, yeah, I've read it. It's so good. It's like, you know, re- I'm like, how's, how's that a joke that she's read the gag book and it's really good and helpful and helped her? Oh, most of those book titles are, again, a wasted opportunity because they're, they're things like, I know you are, but what am I? And with no extra thing. But the one that got a little smirk on the smirkometer was, I think, the first one of these, which was the book, If You're Happy and You Know It, Think Again, which I, I quite, I, I thought that was all right as a it little... It had the cadence, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, let me know it. Think Again. Ah, okay, fine. Now, I don't know what your Amazon X-Ray said, but there was an imagined scene here of very clearly, like, archival footage of Oprah because she, she wouldn't lend a name to this shite officially. <laughs> They do that later uh, on as well. Yeah. With a certain Canadian singing sensation. Mm. And it's just like in a movie where you are very much upfront. Per- like think of another like movie that would maybe more successfully, or at least I'm not sure how well it's aged, probably not very well, but have you mm. seen Zoolander? Yeah. And Zoolander very much like half of the gimmick was like you just see all people, celebrities, comedians, musicians, yeah. you know, all that jazz. And like, could you imagine in Zoolander them doing a bit where like, Brad Pitt's coming, everyone. And then you see, like, a camera over the shoulder of, like, a lookalike of Brad Pitt. Like, yeah. it's fucking Dark Side of the Ring or something. They're doing a recreation. <laughs> and it's like, and everyone, and everyone reacts like they're seeing Brad Pitt. They do that here with Oprah, and they do that later on in the movie. And it's just very odd choice to, yeah. like, and like you had those really clumsy Photoshop jobs earlier on as well, but I thought is the joke he's photoshopping himself in with all these celebrities, but no, no. it's not. I say he's really successful in these celebrities 
really, really appreciated the great work that he did when they hired him. So it is, again, kind of a, a little bit of a lost cause there, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, many wasted opportunities here. Yeah, Jessica Alba's character is basically, like, I have a big crush on you, I fancy you, you're great. All the fans of the hockey team hate me because my dad, since he took over, they've not won the Stanley Cup and I've inherited that and I'm, I, we still haven't won the Stanley Cup, so everyone hates oh, me. Oh, can't Dick Pants tell me this instead? <laughs> Come on, he'd make it fun. So they got to go meet the hockey man. Yeah. And he basically tells them the problem is all with his ex-wife. She's like lost her love for him. He's nervous about her. Yada, yada. Yeah, so yeah. they go, I like, there's a lot of this like, and now we're going here and now like, just kind of jumping around like zip, 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 zip. We're going like, and you were thinking about how movies get made. You know, nothing looks cheap in this. I imagine this had a, for a comedy, a way too big a budget because there's so many different settings. You're right in saying that it doesn't... Ah, so there's a difference between saying that it looks cheap and saying that a lot of money has been spent. I think a lot... You can tell that a lot of money has been spent and yet a lot of the time it sort of looks... Cheaply, what am I trying to say? Like a lot of it is shot in one very big mansion. Yeah, different wings of it, essentially. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nothing interesting or exciting happens with the actual filmmaking or music or anything like that. There's no like clever use of cameras or anything here. Fine. Oh, I tell you what. This next bit, we got straight out of the fucking how to write a comedy movie in the nineties. One hundred and one. He needs to go into a place, but what's that? There's a small innocuous animal. Yeah. What's that? The small innocuous animal is actually really violent and you're trying to get over to like a window, but then the thing drags you back silently. Oh my Lord. I mean, it just was sad to see Mike Myers do grade five speech and drama mime here you know with just like just him fucking and fannying about with a yeah. fake bird it was cheap and just like stuff like when he's resting around with a fake bird and they're throwing like bags of feathers on him and it's like lads mm. it's like even chuckle vision would know that that's not the right fucking <laughs> visuals to go here you know <laughs> Like, let yeah. me enjoy the gag. Good God. Uh, it's a rooster because they're at the house of Justin Timberlake playing the big dick or the big cock or whatever he's called. It's you know, cockerel, you know. Cock- and let me tell you, it ain't pleasant because he comes in and he's got like deep fucking abrasions and cuts all over his eyes and face. Yeah. And it's only after my eyes adjusted to that fucking harrowing sight where he's just there doing the scene normally, like all like cut and really sore and tender. And he's just holding the decapitated head of the rooster. <laughs> his hands and there's like it's just like like they're not like whoa right? it's just like not even a factor it's so fucking peculiar it's like they did this scene and someone said it's too dry fight a rooster <laughs> well so justin timberlake and mike myers nearly get into a fight themselves but mike myers just sort of speeds away on an elephant you know he just r- runs off and gets on his elephant and off he goes and then uh, this elephant we do get a scene where well what comes up must come down the toilet i'm talking because uh, yeah. this elephant uh he did number two if you know what i'm saying i'm talking about a capital two uh, well speaking of number two another dick pants level joke here there's a little character introduced oh it's uncle jack oh uncle jack's in the house yes and uncle jack helps the love guru off an elephant and then the love guru says to Darren, Darren, if your Uncle Jack helped you off an elephant, would you help your Uncle Jack off an elephant? And, you know, it's laboured. That should be right up my alley, really, that sort of thing. But it, something about introducing, like, oh, it's Uncle Jack for that scene and not having him come in earlier to set it up. You know, this is a script. You don't have to, like, come up with it on the day. You can go back and, like, add things in the past to come up later. When he says bits like that, it's like 
when a middle manager at your job, like a boss, starts making jokes in a team meeting, I was kind of like, can you just get on with it, please? <laughs> like, you know, just, yeah, yeah. The power dynamic is off here. I don't feel comfortable laughing uh, at your shitty fucking jokes. Yeah. I'll tell you, you know what I didn't get and I didn't understand? Please. And it, it only crept in later on in the movie here. Was like, you know, in Wayne's world, I think it happens a couple of times in Austin Powers as well. Yeah. Where they full on, like, they break the fourth wall and he looks right at the camera and he's like, you know, let me tell you about this, that, and the other. And he gives you some bits and it kind of, you know, it's what makes it seem like less of a movie and more of like kind of a crazy compilation of sketches and stuff like that it was it, honestly one of the best things about those movies yeah and it's like mike myers knows that you know him from those movies and at the start when you get the morgan freeman narration we do get you know him talking to the camera but then later on throughout the movie he'll do a joke like the one you just mentioned there and then he'll just start laughing and he'll just turn to the camera and like do a, a bit of a wink and a bit of a, like a <laughs> like if your dad was making a special movie for you for your birthday and yeah, when he I did would a joke he knew you'd you. really like yeah. he turned to give you a little bit of that like you know it'd be like if I was doing stand up and Sam was on after me I'd find him in the crowd and I'd give him a little wink when it was like <laughs> doing a joke there now for you now. and I'm not sure what was meant to do it's maybe like they tested it and they're like he's really unlikable like well maybe he should give us dad eyes throughout the movie straight through the fourth wall well maybe this is a film he's made for his kids or, so, <laughs> or someone who likes this sort of thing you know it's not really for us you know it's for someone else no right <sighs> Look, there's loads of shit we can skip over here. Because he's like, oh, more acronyms. They say cock and blow me. But he says blaum instead of blow me. Okay. Flashback to Ben Kingsley pissing in a bucket. And then the love oh, guru and some bit, other lads bit. just hit each other with yeah. piss mops. There's just piss everywhere. Stink mop is what they call this. We yeah. can get some piss in this scene. There's a bit of piss. Piss is funny. It is. Piss is really funny. But like oh. this bit goes on for fucking ages. And it's like, you know, once you hit him with the fucking mop full of piss, yeah. What's the like? Where'd what the rule of? Th he did it like six or seven times. He just hit him again and again and again and again. And all I could think uh. was he's probably gotten used to it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Desensitized to the amount of piss. Hey, you know me. You like the big game. Is that what you like, Sam? You like the big game? I love the big game and I love the big soundtrack and I love the band Blur. And I think this is some of the best use of the song or song two that I've ever heard because it just loops. Just keeps looping that old chorus again. Just it's a short song, but they they just extend the chorus as long as it could possibly go here. Woohoo! It's song two by Blur. We're at a hockey game. Yeah, it's song two, and uh, I stupidly wrote down the big game, not realizing that this, this is, is the Stanley Cup game. finals series. Yeah, because we're not hockey heads. Like old M double, we didn't realize that this could actually run to five or six games. Yeah, things. Were. So I wrote, I used the phrase "the big game" no. incorrectly so many times in my notes. This is one of many big games. So Love Guru here is trying to introduce his principles of drama. He's got it tattooed on his hands, and the D in drama is de-escalation. For... Is it yeah. <laughs> distraction? Distraction. Distraction. And he makes it so that Darren's not allowed to fight yeah so he's not to fight anyone but then he goes over and he riles up the other team and gets them all fighting yes and that's so that he would be distracted from the fact that he's in a difficult situation with his wife slash ex-wife and again like comedically wise the movie doesn't know how to present this as like a can you believe that wacky love guru what sort of a cockamamie scheme is this 
all of his kind of plottings with regards to helping the hockey player yeah. generally fall into the roof of oh well he tried his best and that genuinely should have worked but you know maybe the next bit will because generally speaking as he's been going on with this it's been quite successful yeah it, uh... to quote the movie itself you have a firm grasp of the obvious <laughs> <laughs> he then later gets permission from the love guru to beat up whoever he wants so he goes for justin timberlake beats him up ends up getting a two-match ban he's now banned from the next two matches in this aforementioned long series of games so he's removed now from these games for a bit of extra dramatic tension or so that we don't have to watch 11 fucking hockey games or however many there are in this you know stanley cup final yeah yeah look Vern Troyer's office as the coach here. Also, the, the coach's surname is something like Suck Me Off or like Jack Off. He's got some surname that's like Coach uh, Dipshit. Or so, like, he's got some silly surname. I can't remember what it he's is. He's got a rude surname. He's got a rude Sam. surname. I can't, can't remember what it is. His office, because Vern Troyer's... Oh, a, a, a boy. Having low ceilings and tiny furniture is, while an easy joke, one of the few times... It felt like it was the few times the movie had a sense of like fun at all i don't know yeah it's only visually fun thing and like, let's try something here and do something you know along the lines of like airplane and stuff like that it felt like a, a fun visual goof there's lots of moments in you austin i think of like when he got into this room yeah my mind went to like austin powers in the narrow corridor trying to move that little yeah. thing back and forth and i thought okay they're going to sit down and like try and have a regular meeting but, like, the love guru is going to, like, you know, like, open a book or whatever it is, and then his elbow will go out the window and things. I thought that's what happened. You know, that that feels like, okay, we got a fun set here. It's obviously going to start, like, you know, breaking apart at some point. Yeah. You know, and we'll get a gag here. And instead, we just have Mike Myers, who's got in for old Vern here now. He just turns to him and he goes, shut up, Frodo. And then Vern goes, shut the fuck up, you queer. And then they just start smashing up the office, calling yeah. each other hateful things. things and i was like yeah and a nice fun little gag a nice fun gag here where yeah. they just had slightly scaled in an office and because it's 2008 <laughs> you just had to fucking come in here with your low-hanging fucking evil fruit yeah you bastard what i want i wanted to enjoy this very simple thing and you know what it would have been funny as well if it was an office that was like 0.25 slightly bigger as well because when things are too big or too small in comedy that is a funny thing that's really funny yeah it's not funny slurs yeah. stop it yeah. why did that come up i don't know wait sorry you telling me johnny that you got me the slurs and the small office fucking hey i told you <laughs> i can negotiate myers is back baby myers is back <laughs> back on top baby fuck me right so darren has now got to speak to his mum because he plays badly in front of his mum and the love guru just is now making fart noises into a cup. Oh, this bit went on. To this, have him this regress. This really went on and on and yeah. on and on. and Like, I think he was farting into that cup for like... <laughs> minute and a half maybe yeah like just and it wasn't like someone was like thinking that he was farting he was sat in front of the other character with the cup going yeah. look at this and the other guy was like this guy is really funny he's so funny and intelligent do you think mike was doing that you know doing it for a minute and a half and at the end of it, when they cut, it was like, right, you can use one of those takes. Can't you? you can just get, get something you can out, out what you yes. need there from the raspberries. <laughs> I did like nine raspberries there, you know? 
popped them all in. Hey, we love a bar fight scene, don't we? I do, I do. Unless it's got no joy to it or interest or anything. Oh, there's such a it's such a hollow bar fight scene. Why did it happen? Can't remember. Yo, know, it just felt like they were in a bar where a timer went off and went. Everyone bar fight. Did little 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 little, and he gets beaten up by some children. Yeah, you know, there was it was quite a long bar fight sequence. Again, lots of things were broken, but like honestly, it was like a bar fight from a silent movie. Other than him being hit by some little kids, I couldn't tell you what was added to it. Other than again, another lengthy sequence. Yeah, you know, and it was telling when it came after that very long fart that he did, Sam. <laughs> that this was another one of these moments where they're like, just we'll just do some physical know. stuff to kind of stretch this out a bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is like the teacher telling everyone to get up and get into groups and move around so that you're killing 10 minutes. I know what you're doing. I know yeah. exactly what you're doing there. As big as the budget for this was, they couldn't stretch to taking these two lads out to Niagara Falls or wherever this waterfall is supposed to be because they are absolutely green screened in front of it for a really oh, yeah. visually confusing shot of them just having a heart to heart in front of a big waterfall. <sighs> another song here, another full length song. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, just a... Genuine waste of everyone's time. <laughs> the whole song. I mean, it's they're not badly done. No, but like that's kind of the fact worse. that they're earnestly done is worse. Yeah, because like bad music is is really 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 funny. Like, funny. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you and I used to watch like shred videos together because mm. it was just something so funny about the earnestness of like a musical performer and silly noises coming out. It fucking slays me. Like you know. But no. He's a talented oh. musician and he's got talented musicians around him and they all just play a, a big song. Well, it could be easy to learn to play the sitar, Mike. That's really impressive. That's really cool, man. You know? All right, I had a big issue with this next bit here. Okay, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. They had the big dinner date now. Yeah, with Jessica Alba. The big dinner date. And he's like, we have a very special meal that we're going to have. And like, he did say this because I looked to go, oh, he's got some lychees there now. Have you ever yeah. had a lychee? Fucking love a lychee. Um, lychee's a good, good... I think I've had lychee flavoured stuff. I don't know if I've had a lychee oh, directly. Actual lychees, very, very nice. Mm. It's like, it's, it's a sweet, mild flavour. It's got a little bit of firmness to it. It's got seed and also has really cool, I could best describe as if Bowser was a fruit, <laughs> that type of a, a shell on it, which is really right. fun to peel off. So, and also because it's fun to peel off, it slows you down. You don't just mind to see gobble them. It's a great fruit. Right. And I like them. And I have them in my house often when they're available in my local Aldi. So they put these two lychees in some dough and the dough is in the shape of a scrotum or a scrotal yes. sack. Yes, yeah. And he starts going, <laughs> holding up the, the sack thing. And he holds up, and the guy holding up goes, <laughs> which is like, Jesus, imagine taking someone to a, for a day and you're like, look at that, that looks like balls. <laughs> but she's like, doe eyed, looking at him like, oh, what? He's, he's such a charmer. Like balls. And yeah. then he goes, oh, as you see, I've prepared some nuts for you. <laughs> and he calls this meal nuts in a sack. And then they start like hitting the lychees in the dough with like a hammer and shit. Yeah. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, like acting like it's sore. But then he'll turn to her and go, oh, <laughs> and start winking and nodding at us. Going, so he's empathizing with the lychees, which are not nuts, by the way. They're not no. nuts. They're not nuts. And why did you go to the extent of getting a lychee and identifying it and not just putting some fucking nuts in there? Because it would read as easily, because I think a nut is easier to identify than a fucking a lychee. lychee. Which I'm telling you right now from experience is a hipster hand fruit. Okay? 
is he, why? Why is he like turned on by it and amused by it? And why is he giving us the wink and the look? It Kevin. goes on and on. And then he glazes them and he's like, like it's the fucking coolest thing in the world. Kevin, what I will say, and I hope you'll take this as the compliment it's meant to be, is that I'm actually finding some of this material funny in your capable hands. When you're repeating these lines back <laughs> and really selling it, I'm thinking, this is not bad, actually. When you do the, ooh, in the, in the balls, I thought that was funny. I think this would be a good film if you were... Uh, if oh, yeah, in fairness, he's not giving it the over-the-top energy of a man who's annoyed and watching a movie. Instead, he's doing all this sexual innuendo, like he's doing it in a dentist's way waiting room trying not to be caught going like ah, uh, and then a little smile you're not going to wrap me out to that to that nurse are you i'm going to keep touching my balls now like a fucking freak this was the the height of romance folks he orders an alligator soup and says make it snappy i mean come on that's that's <laughs> sam chaplin stuff right there five star wipes let's wrap it up you can't go from lengthy ball crushing <laughs> flying glazing Oh, and also, I'm in the mood for some kung fu vegetables, so make me a carroty soup. Hiya, like you bollocks like that. Like, good lord. He's going between one of the shows to be advertised in Edinburgh as rude and blue, and like we get shut down by the police, and Christmas crackers. Those yeah. are the two styles of jokes he has. <laughs> he nearly has a kiss with Jess Grauber here but he gets a chastity belt bonk on and it makes a funny metallic clanging noise. Boing. He gets out of there and she's upset and it's just, you know, nightmare because he can't do stuff and she is offended by him, you know, not reacting how she wanted. It's weird, you know, but there's a bit of tension there. She's upset with him for all of like two minutes within the plot, but fine. He doesn't have much time to process that time because it's the <sighs> big game. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ready for the love guru? It's fucking hockey country, baby. The love guru. Ow! I mean, was there another game? Because my notes have just skipped straight to Celine Dion. This this bit was, it was game three, but he's on a two-game suspension. But I mentioned this big game because it cuts to Vern. Who I shit you not. Vern is addressing the locker room. Okay? Yeah. And he looks at them all very seriously. He doesn't say anything. He burps. Yeah. He farts. He spits. And then he turns and kicks Mike Myers in the balls. Yeah. One after the other. The combo. The high score. The streak. That would inspire me to play well at hockey, to be fair. You know. These are big bowl flavors he's played with here, Sam, is what I'm saying. <laughs> They're fighting each other on the plate here. Vern's the only one who sees through Mike Myers' bullshit, really. And even that doesn't last until, you know, the end of the movie. But he's the only one who's, like, got an issue with him. He's more the antagonist than most, I guess. But I would Mm. say, when you're chaining together offense like that, Sam, that's the mark of confident comedy, is what I'd say it is, you know? They know what they're doing here. But Sam, is it is it the one true megastar from Canada, fresh off her Vegas residency? Is that, can it be, over the shoulder? 
Celine Dion in the house. No, it's just Celine Dion has licensed some of her music to be used in this, but will not show her face or be. Like her name is used and they say that it's her. I don't get that. And the fact that they played new music, it wasn't like, here's Celine Dion and she starts doing Heart Goes On or something like that. It's not. It's like Celine Dion and whoever came out in 2008 and didn't really (laughs) cut the mustard. So it has all the hallmarks of being an actual celeb appearance, except the celeb was MIA. Yeah, and I can't remember why there's a Celine Dion concert. I think it's because Jacques Lecoq Grande. It's to distract Jacques Lecoq. Right. Because he loves Celine Dion because he's French-Canadian. But he overhears that Darren can't play well when his mum's there. So he's got a sneaky plan. And the plan of the love guru, he, he like skips steps now. He's meant to do two more things, but he jumps because he hasn't sorted out the issue with the mother, but he wants to solve this because if he solves this, he can go on Oprah, which means he'll find self-love, which means he can have sex with Jessica Alba. Yeah. So he basically fudges it and he says to everyone, oh yeah, no, the, the hockey player is fine with his mum and everything like that. And he just basically forces the hockey player and the, the strange wife. But they like, they once they see each other, they're like, oh yeah, like I love you and they're, they're fine. So yeah. he's all nervous like he's done something wrong but it's like it was a naughty shortcut it's a naughty shortcut yeah but that's not really much tension seems we've reunited now and the big game the next big game <laughs> game five Which i think is the big, this is the big game isn't it it fucking better be yeah here's the big game no, it's not. No, this oh, is Christ. a montage of more games. Right, yeah, Because yeah. this is when we get some spinning headlines that show that the guru has become famouser now. Yes. But the other side of this is that Stephen Colbert's character. <laughs> and I thought this was very funny, Sam. You know, because I always thought that um, it would be very funny if uh, you had a character who'd taken a lot of drugs previously and he got clean and he was back and he had a little bit shaky and he's just, mate, he's just proper just relapsed like relapse. a fucking wanker, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're shit. And there's not much in the way of gags other than Stephen Colbert plays the role of a man who was like, relapsed. I've had a relapse and I'm, I'm fucked up and I'm, you know, on drugs. And what are they doing? Are they taking him away? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I want it to be a secure facility they'd be wanting for him <laughs> now, huh? No, no, they couldn't just detox. Not at all. Not at his stage. So Darren Roanoke, he's back to playing good. And that brings us up now in time to the Stanley Cup final. And before the final, he's on his route to go see Oprah, right? Yeah, yeah he is. He's, yeah. They're going to the final. And because he's already jumped ahead, he's going to go now. And he's literally getting on a flight where it's like the flight is like Oprah. You know, like he's, he's <laughs> heading on his, his way to see her. On Oprah Airlines. And there's a bit where Dick Pants and the guru <laughs> are in queue, right? I, you know what? I've used their name so many times that it feels funnier as a result. <laughs> yeah, Dick you Pants know? is quite funny. They should have said his name way more. Yeah. But Dick Pants and the love guru are <laughs> in a queue. And they're in a queue for Cinnabon. And I'm like, sorry. Op- <laughs> I take back everything I said about Dick Pants not being funny. It's very funny. It's it is very funny. funny. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't Dick it? Pants. Not Dick Pants. Uh, so the Dick Pants and the Love Guru are queuing up. And we open the scene in the airport, them queuing up in a Cinnabon. Yeah. And it, it's the two of them, and they're looking over their shoulders and they're talking to each other in the queue for the Cinnabon. And they move forward in the queue for the Cinnabon. So they're not getting on the plane, but they're talking about maybe they should go to the game and not get on the plane instead. And then they're up at the counter of the Cinnabon. You can see all the Cinnabon branding there and all the nice Cinnabons. And I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be a joke here now where he's like, that looks like cum or something like that, you know. But instead he just goes, no, no, we should probably get um, get on a taxi now. Get there. Get there now to the game. And they do. They leave. 
So Celine Dion and Cinnabon both heavily licensed and featured, but not really for humor. But, but Cinnabon didn't have to show his face. Until. No, exactly. <laughs> no one actually ate a Cinnabon. You just see, see them. Have you had one? Have you ever had one? I've never had one, no. There was one in London for a bit and then it's since closed down and I had one. Very nice, but obviously really bad for you. I tend to find something like that. I will eat it and I will enjoy it and I will be in ecstasy and then I will get a sour stomach Yes, yeah. a little bit later, you well, know. It's basically a cinnamon swirl, isn't it? So I just it I, is, yeah. but it's less a cinnamon swirl and more of like a you got like imagine if you got a but sliced it's got all that pan. cinnamon swirl on top. Of it. Yeah, you got that sliced <laughs> pan loaf, but it's yeah. not been it's not been sliced, and you've managed to shave off all the crust and just pour out the doughy, squishable heart. Mm. Like if I was to eat a cinnabon, I would crush it into an orb in my hand first. And yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in one, mate. Down in one. Oh, <sighs> so. There's only one second left on the clock in the big game? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, right, Jack has made his mum, Darren's mum, sing the national anthem, right? So he has to run off and be like, oh, I can't play anymore. He's the shakes again because his mum's here. Fine. The love guru admits to Jessica Alba that he's got the elephant chastity belt and she's like, oh, okay, that explains everything. I'm fine with you again now. He admits to Darren that he took a shortcut with him. And helps him, well, he says he can't help him face his, his mum. He has to do it himself. He does stick up for himself in front of his mum, fine, and has mere seconds left to run back onto the ice and play the last moments of the game. The Love Guru Guru Picker, when all this happens and it's all successful and Darren's going back into the game in the final in the last few moments, says, I think I made a happy wee-wee. And I just, I do... Hey, it's 2008. Uh, We're living in a post-wah-wah-wee-wah world. Your wee-wee won't cut it anymore. If you said, I, I've made a happy wah-wah-wee-wah, then fine. Now, now we're talking about But it, a, you know? a happy wee-wee, you know. Uh, and he scores in the last few seconds to bring it to a tie. So it's a tie game with a penalty shootout. And is this, this is what was tied when Vern has a heart attack and they explode him and they use him as a puck, right? Yes, right. So yeah. there's a time issue here, and I can't really remember why. Justin Timberlake riles up Darren, you know, saying, like, oh, your wife loves my big willy, or whatever he's saying. Um, he's <laughs> always saying stuff like that, isn't he? Yeah, Vern Troyer, to, to an hour's a bit more time for Darren to get ready to take his penalty, fakes a heart attack, gets defibrillated, and then it shoots him across the ice like a puck into the goal. And I think they just needed some excuse to do that f with Vern. Yeah, yeah, it feels like that's in his contract that if he's in a movie, Lob him then into you have the goal. to like, yeah, they, they've got the Vern body <laughs> double dummy that they made for, you know, for, for Austin Powers 2. And that was expensive. They reckon it's got three or four more launches <laughs> left in it, you know? They think the same thing about that than they do about Johnny Knoxville. Like, he's got a few, few more, more left in him, like, in you know? Not, not he can take a few more licks of flame and some more oh. high-velocity impacts, you know? Uh, um, yes. We also have two elephants having sex. I can't remember why. Why is that happening? Oh, just a big distraction. There's a distraction. Yeah. And the, wouldn't you know it, Sam, the goodies win the big <laughs> game now, so they do. And I'm sure you've had this very moment many times in your hockey watching career. Yeah. When you think, yes, the good guys, not the Nottingham Naughties, but the good guys have won. <laughs> no, the Nottingham Naughties should win. Now, when Darren scores and they win the Stanley Cup, also, that's not how penalties work in hockey. One bloke just takes one. Uh, I think Mike Myers would know, Sam. Okay, I sure. think he'd know. Okay. But there, there is actually, I think... 
a decent reference to a pop culture thing here because the Love Guru is celebrating in the crowd and Kanye West comes up alongside him. And that's a reference to the time that those two appeared on TV together after Hurricane Katrina. Oh, right. Kanye said something. About George Bush not liking black people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's what that was a reference to, because they were just saying, I love hockey and hugging each other. But I I assume having Kanye come up next to Mike Myers was like a little, and the names came up at the bottom, was like a little reference to that, because that kind of went viral, kind of pre-viral times. And that was a big, big moment. So Kanye's in it. Kanye's in it. He's there. Fine. He looked like he was doing better in 2008. Oh, yes. This was, <laughs> this was all that was on his mind. A smile on Kanye's face, which you, you seldom see these days. A lot less burdened of an individual he is uh, here in 2008. Yes, I think undisputedly that is the case. Hey, guess who's here? It's big famous person who we both know loads. Deepak Chopra is here. What? To congratulate. The Deepak Chopra? He congratulates the love guru and says, you know what, mate? You're good as well, and it's not a competition or something. He says something you know, nice and philosophical, whatever. It doesn't matter because it's a victory lap. We're going to fucking <sighs> India. Yeah. Chastity belt. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Uh, I think an appropriate way to celebrate will be another fucking song. Mm. Mm. Oh, and at the end, for the big song, some of the rest of the cast get to do the whole dressing in uh, Indian costume really and oh yeah there was there was a bollywood fantasy earlier where jessica alba was very very much on the uh, on the borderline there yeah i'm not sure you're allowed to wear that jessica (laughs) i mean her and Vern get to join in at the end here and just have a little go of you know skirting the line of of controversy here again it's a weird it's a version of the joker isn't it that song that says some people call me space cowboy that was it jesus Oh, it was it. It didn't suit the sitar. No, I think the no, Love no, Guru's no. you know original American name is Maurice, just because he can do the thing where he says, "Some people call me Maurice." I think that's that's why that's in there. Although you've not experienced musical disappointment, not quite quite like waiting to hear Maurice. Woo woo, and you get Maurice. Bling, bling. Because yeah, the fucking what? sitar ain't no wit-woo machine. It's many things. No. It ain't that. And Kevin, I'm almost embarrassed to say this. I was so excited by the end credits because I thought... Oh, I, I, as soon as I had it out, I was out of there. I was fucking done. No, no goose. I'll tell you what I thought. I thought, oh, here come some outtakes. All right. Well, that's what I thought. And I ran for the hills. As unfunny as this film was, surely these cast members and all the celebrities they got on board had a great time mucking around trying to make this. It was a, and so, a day out, innit? You know, even Al Pacino seemed to have fun on the set of Jack and Jill. So we'll see some fun stuff. We see one one thing, one outtake. That's it! Which is a cameraman saying, oh, can we pan out a bit? There's a scene with Vern Troyer and he's standing in the locker room and there's a bunch of people around him. Cameraman oh, says, says, pan up, I can only see asses. And Vern says, now you know how it feels. I saw that and I thought, oh, these aren't proper goofs. So I, 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 I hightailed it. I thought that was just a, a scripted joke to look like a goof. And, but there's nothing, that's it. There's nothing else. There's no post credit scene. There's no extra bit. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. That's the end of Michael Myers' career. That's it. That's it. It's done. No. It's done. It's over. <sighs> Woof. Fucking woof, though. Jesus. I wrote something in my notes, and I, I want to say it because I wrote it. These were my words after having, immediately after having watched this. This film is an insult to comedy, but I feel embarrassed to be getting annoyed by it. Yeah. 
You know? Yeah, yeah, I get that. You I know get what I mean? that. Yeah, I know. It's almost like ignore him, you know? Yeah, Most yeah. of the punters did. No one went to see this. Ignore <laughs> it. Don't you know? give him the attention that he's craving with this. He doesn't quite have the, like, statement piece about it, like uh, Jack and Jill, where Jack and Jill <laughs> felt like you could kind of hold up a mirror to the bloated excess of Adam Sandler's career. Yeah. And Jack and Jill, because kind of you can comment for days on what Jack and Jill kind of alludes to about his career. But this just feels like kind of uh, an overbaked. Uninf- like, I don't think anyone involved in this scene felt very enthusiastic. And that was very obvious. Like, the, you could tell the moments they thought that they could coast by, which is very rare to see in yeah. not just a comedy movie, but a slapstick, physical, visual comedy movie. When you don't have any of that kind of zazz, you know, people like feel like they're having fun or they want to tell you a funny joke. It was like, it felt very, like, everyone felt like they were having a miserable old time. Yeah. It's not. It's not fun. It's just. It, it's, no, it isn't no, fun. There was no sport in watching it. Like you know, it was. And it, honestly, the fact that I could remember as little as much as I did. Yeah. And it's still as little as that. It's. It speaks volumes. I mean. <sighs> I don't know what else you want to say about it, Sam, if you've got any final thoughts or if you want to scoop or you want to flush, but good Lord, I think I know what you're going to do. There's so little to say about this. It's really quite sad. <laughs> and it, it, <laughs> The Love Guru is a sad, sad film. And there, look, there was the little suspicion in my mind that maybe this is actually trying to be clever and make fun of itself, but I don't think that's the case. It's now making me worried that Mike Myers isn't funny and has never been funny. I need to go back and find out if that's the case. Whether, you know, I've I've been thinking about his films with rose-tinted glasses, and if I go back and watch them, I might upset myself. But this, yeah, this has no heart at all. No, no. It's devoid of heart. No. It's, 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 joyless uh, it's not it's not fun it's no. not funny oh dick pants is funny though <laughs> and it it feels it, like in a very very obvious sense just lazy like yeah low definitely. effort and lazy Paint film. by numbers at times and it got what it deserved at the box office it wasn't a success it was panned it got that razzie for worst picture deservedly it was dick panned <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, flush it down. Fuck this shit. You heard it here first. <laughs>